Hi everybody, Eric from Hit Subscribe, and uh, rolling right along with yet another edition of this freelancer Q&A series. This week's topic, I'm kind of kicking myself because somebody asked it in a Slack somewhere, and I couldn't actually find the verbatim question, um, so I just briefly noted it like for my own notes. <clears throat> but basically the question was easy enough to understand, I just apologies to the person asking it if I missed any nuance here. But it was, if you're a freelancer and you're standing up your business's site and you're uh, putting site copy up, so you're starting Acme Inc. as your freelancing brand, the question is, um, should you use the uh, we on the site, like the royal we, if you will? Um, so if you're talking about offering application development services, should it be um, I, such and such, offer blah, blah, blah? <clears throat> or should it be we here at Acme Inc. offer blah, blah, blah? Um, so my quick take on this, and I'll dive into more of the nuance around it uh, over the course of the video, but my quick take on this is no, uh, don't use we um, for a variety of reasons that I'll get into. And um, let me also preface this by saying I totally 11 years ago when I stood up uh, Dead Tech as a moonlighting brand, I made it say we everywhere. Um, so don't take this as an indictment of what you're doing. It's just with 11 years of experience of having various corporate entities and everything, I've learned a lot over the course of time. And I would go back and tell, wow, 30-year-old Eric, um, not to use we on the site. It's just, um, so let me get into why um, that is uh, that I wouldn't do it. And, you know, it also might be that things have changed over the last, I don't know, 20 or at least 10 years. And it's more... Um, acceptable to be an individual indie consultant brand or something. But anyway, um, here's my reasoning for this. So first of all, if you stand up a brand new business and you start talking about, we offer this, we offer that, we here at Acme Inc. believe in integrity and in everything we do and, and, you know, the various horrible landing page copy you'll probably write out of the gate. Uh, by the way, don't do that. We could cover this in another video, but um, you will have this natural impulse maybe to do this. And then you are going to look to everyone like you have adopted the three toddlers in a trench coat model of uh, writing site copy. So what I mean by that is you are not fooling anybody with your royal we. You are going to put this up and talk about we here at such and such company do this and that. And then you're going to get onto a sales call and within five minutes it's going to be obvious that there's no we. Um, how would people know this? Well, first of all, even the most basic of business questions like, um, to whom should I send the invoice, or what's your company's headcount, or what's your process for this or for that? It's going to be glaringly obvious that the person for all contact things is you, that the only person doing the service delivery is you, and if they ask you how many people work at your company, um, I, I guess you could lie, but uh, I wouldn't. So um, putting we on your website, you are going to be almost immediately during the course of like natural sales and discovery, put into a position where you will either have to lie to preserve the fiction on your website, or you will be like, hey, no, it's just me, uh, sorry, that, you know, we is just for show. So um, that's kind of what I'm getting at. You're not going to fool anybody. Anybody will learn that it's just you very, very quickly, unless you're kind of doing an elaborate scheme to pretend otherwise. I think um, there are newbie entrepreneurs that will, like, hire a, a virtual assistant or something, almost so that it's not technically a lie when they say like we. Um, so that's that's a look. Uh, I wouldn't advocate any of this. So um, that's kind of right out of the gate why I wouldn't do it. Like you're not going to fool anyone and you're just going to look like you're pretending it, you know, 
being a business person. Um, the other thing is, when you think about it philosophically, this is a bit more of a subtle point, but I kind of think it matters. To anyone who wanders by, you, the freelancer, are pretending to be an agency. And freelancer and agency aren't interchangeable. Number one, people are willing to pay uh, premium rates for agencies compared to freelancers. But the reason they're willing to do that is because um, an agency has a certain level of experience. They have a certain set of standard operating procedures. There is the presumption that an agency will be able to mitigate the buyer's risk by plugging in different people as they go. So if you contract with an agency to handle your design for your website, the reason you're going to pay more for that is because if, you know, whoever is assigned to you leaves, it's going to fall on the agency to go find someone else. They'll, you know, have some semblance of account management. They'll do service delivery, follow up with you, et cetera. As a freelancer, you can kind of attempt at all those things, but I mean, not really. If you, the freelancer, decide to stop working on the project, the, um, the customer is kind of screwed. They have to go find another freelancer. So if you are putting up site copy and then subsequently pretending that you're an agency, you are, in a way, uh, attempting to pull kind of a pricing grift on your customers. Now, I know all this sounds extreme. Like, you're just trying to look professional. And don't get me wrong. Everybody's going to do some fake until you make it. Like I said, this is what I did in the beginning. My goal was to seem like I knew what I was doing and to seem professional. Um, so I'm not really coming at this from the strongest of moralistic perspectives, but like when you dive down deep enough, what you're really trying to do, you can say that you are trying to um, make it so that people will pay you a fair rate or whatever because you know what you're doing. But like in another manner of speaking, you are trying to look like something you're not in order to earn more money. There's no extra value. So if you make your website um, say the royal we and kind of pretend to be more than you are and then raise your rates, um, you're charging more on a pretense rather than any value delivered to the customer. So bear that in mind. Um, uh, there is a very, very large gray area in there between like, I'm just trying to look like I know how to run a business and I'm really trying to fleece my customers. So understand that, but like um, you are presenting yourself in a way that isn't accurate. And uh, I would say that fundamentally, that's not really the best way to earn trust with customers. I never really in the beginning when I was um, doing dead tech, I almost viewed the copy as a formality the way a resume is. Like, you know, we all know that we're all going to fib a little on this document or at least make ourselves look better than we are. That's just the nature of the game. So I would never, um, in the early days of dead tech, claim that I had, like, subcontractors or anything like that. So people would understand what they were getting when they were paying me, but my site still had all the royal wee stuff on it. Um, I forget when I changed that over the years. I, I did wind up changing all of that probably five, six, seven years ago. Um, actually, ironically enough, as I got more experienced, I realized it was a better look just to be straightforward about who I was and what I was doing. So um, let's see. I, I guess uh, I made some notes here. Um, the thing you might be wondering if you're uh, not going to do the we, like how should you structure your site copy if you're a new freelancer? Um, the way I would recommend doing it is to be um, like kind of personal, honest, uh, talk on your site the way you would talk and just talk to your buyers. I do this. Um, here's what I can do for your organization. Here are folks that I've worked with in the past. Here are testimonials, that kind of thing. So you are presenting yourself as a business. Now you can have a brand like I did with Dead Tech, 
I had a brand, I had a logo, but in the copy I would talk about, you know, I offer management consulting services and specifically like code base assessments. So um, there is this idea that you can both have a brand and a sense of having done this before and knowing what you're doing, references, whatever the case may be, while you're still being honest about what you're doing. Because truly there isn't any, um, any shame in being an indie practitioner. Uh, I'll tell you what, if you build an agency, there are probably times that you have moments where you're like, oh man, I'd love to go back, you know, I was so much more nimble when it was just me and I could kind of change what I was offering if I got bored with things. So there are independent consultants out there that earn a lot of money as independent consultants. And in fact, um, one of the best books I've read about being uh, an independent business owner is um, Alan Weiss's Million Dollar Consulting. And it's essentially about how could you, or how to build a consulting practice where you earn a million plus dollars a year as a solo consultant. And uh, believe it or not, a lot of people watching might think that sounds crazy, but it really isn't. If you start to value price your services and you start to offer really niche, like high ticket things and specialized consulting, you can do that. And all the while, you would make no pretense about what it is that you do. You are an independent uh, high-end consultant. So you can absolutely structure it that way and the entire time that you are just uh, one person doing business, I would recommend doing that. Um, so, you know, for instance, like if you want to think about industry credibility and whether that's present or not, um, technically I'm an employee and have been for four years of a business that I own, but let's assume, you know, we're just taking the employment of that. I haven't been doing independent consulting in a long time. I've been an employee. Now, if I were going to go off on my own, like me personally, Eric, what would I do? Um, I would either resume my code base assessment practice, my management consulting, or um, you know I might do some kind of high-end uh, consulting around building uh, developer marketing programs. In either case, I would stand up a website uh, where I claim to be doing just that. I would create kind of productized service project offerings, and I would um, structure things under the assumption that I might do projects lasting from two weeks to two months or so, and um, put prices on those. But the thing that I would do as I was um, putting together all that copy, and by the way, just being honest and talking how I would normally talk and everything else, is I would think of this from the perspective of people who are going to run across my site, and I would want to construct a narrative. So for instance, why would you pay me to, let's say, uh, consult on uh, developer marketing programs? Well, I own a business that's created you know, something like 2,500 blog posts for companies over the last four years we have achieved a lot of results, etc. So if I parted ways with the business that I own and we're just off on my own, I would be bringing in that personal experience because remember that's a thing you can do. If I'm uh, the brand, if it's just me, I can cite my personal experience of past employers or past consulting gigs or whatever. So I'd be telling this compelling narrative of number one, what I could do for the company, number two, why I would command premium rates, and number three, why I was off on my own. That's one I would lean into. So if you're an indie consultant, you'd want it to be clear to anyone who's paying attention to your copy that, hey, you could have a job if you wanted a job. You could uh, be doing all kinds of things, but you want to be in business for yourself. You want to be in business by yourself because you like that sort of flexibility to work with clients or you, know, you don't play nicely with others from an employment perspective and you're a lone wolf or whatever the case may be. So I would um, definitely be prepared to address why you don't have staff, why you're not starting an agency, if it were to come up, uh, I don't know that it would, but you would want that cohesive explanation. Here's why I'm a premium rate independent consultant. Here's why I like that lifestyle, et cetera. 
So have that narrative and then you will have this industry credibility rolled up because that narrative and that feeling and that confidence are going to inform how you would write your copy. Like for instance, um, if I were going this hypothetical route and people were asking me about like why uh, do you work this way? I might say things like, well, I'm a digital nomad, so I wouldn't take on any work that was long in duration and force me into a certain location. I just don't want to live that way. Uh, I don't really like to be engaged in the same place. I feel like you kind of hit a value apex after two months, so I don't take on any engagements that are longer than two months. If you are very clear that as an independent consultant, you are setting the rules, uh, you will have a lot of credibility. Um, so, you know, hopefully that's kind of building up a story around why you as an independent consultant can have a pretty uh, compelling narrative, even without the royal we. Um, the only question I can think of left that people might ask as a follow-up is like, well, okay, um, let's say I do want to build an agency, or let's say I'm growing and things are changing, I've been in business for a while, my freelance practice is turning into something else, et cetera. Like, when do you switch the copy um, to include uh, the now no longer royal we, the actual we. Uh, I don't have a definitive answer on this. The best heuristic I can think of for when you might change your site copy is basically when would it be kind of mean not to or when would you be selling other people's accomplishments short by not doing it? And here's what I mean. Let's say, for instance, that you um, were a freelancer, you're growing uh, consulting practice is becoming more and more successful. Uh, at some point, you're probably going to contract with um, a tax prep person. Uh, you might consult with a lawyer from time to time about certain contracts, things of this nature. You are engaging other professionals and you are paying them to do work for you. This is not the time to switch to we because, again, back to the toddlers in a trench coat model, if you are describing yourself as we, because you hired somebody to do your taxes, that's cute, I guess, um, but it's, that's not somebody, you know, would that person um, appreciate being described as a part of your business? And no, they would laugh at somebody who uh, asked that. So you probably don't want to do it then. What about when you hire a VA to like, I don't know, archive old emails once a week? Still, I probably wouldn't do that. Like describing that as a we operation is a little pathetic. Sure, a VA is a little more staff augmentation -y in nature. A uh, virtual assistant, for those of you who don't know, you can kind of pay somebody to essentially be a secretary if you're an uh, administrative assistant. Um, so if you are hiring people for odd jobs, spot things, or if you're contracting with vendors, you know, like bookkeepers or whatever, ask yourself whether those people would want to be or would be amused or bemused by being categorized as part of your business. Fast forward a little, imagine you brought on that same virtual assistant for like 20, 30 hours a week. You get into this more gray area where that person might be offended if they weren't included as part of the team. If they're spending that much time and effort, you know, pushing your business forward, then you might want to switch over to we. Certainly if you start to bring in subcontractors to help with the work or, I mean, absolutely if you bring in employees. Those are kind of the moments where you would want to switch up the copy because it starts to, number one, look a little egotistical if you're running like a large business, you know, there's 20, 30 people involved and all of your copy talks about you. Um, you look like kind of a maniac. Um, but the other thing is um, that starts to get out of sync with like what your business actually is. So at some point, 
when there are people involved who would appreciate being acknowledged for being involved, that's when I would flip over to we. Otherwise, you run the risk of seeming weird. I mean, maybe you're starting a really like brand, uh, personal brand focused business, like somebody like Gary V. Um, you know, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what his site says, but I would imagine that even he probably acknowledges as brand focused as his business is, probably acknowledges that it's not just him. There's a team of people. So, uh, yeah, I, I would switch it over this the moment when you feel like somebody who is involved regularly helping your business would want that acknowledgement on your site. That would be my rule of thumb. Uh, so yeah, hopefully that is helpful. Um, I can't stress this enough that having done it in the past and kind of lived with that cognitive dissonance and feeling a little silly, uh, it just don't. You're not going to fool anybody. It's not really going to get you ahead. If you do fool anybody, it will be by lying and then you're a liar. So like, I mean, there's just no real upside. I would be honest and I would structure things in such a way like understand that it's okay to be in business for yourself. It's okay to be an indie consultant or a freelancer. Lean into that, um, you know, tell your story, but more importantly, tell the story about why people would want to work with you and what you can do for them, because that's really what they're interested in. They don't care too much if you're an I or a we or whatever. They really, in the end, want to know how you can help them. So make that absolutely clear in your copy and at every stage of doing business, and you will be fine. I, you know, would just make it a policy to be honest and to be as helpful as possible, and you will do good things in business. So yeah, uh, hopefully that helps, and I will catch you all next time.